I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Welcome back to another edition of the Friday Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johnson. Uh, Happy New Year. I hope everybody had a, is off to a great start in uh, 2024. I hope you all had a great holiday season in 2023. I'm not going to lie. I'm still kind of shaking off the, the holiday blues, uh, getting firing back up the pot. I was, uh, I was, you know, it was, it was nice. I was excited to chat golf with uh, Shane Bacon. But I also was, uh, I was like, a, a week off was pretty nice. It had, it had been a while since I had kind of a week off of uh, off of work. So we're back. Um, expecting a, a really great 2024. Uh, Shane, who's on the podcast, he's going to be doing more and more with uh, with us at Friday Golf. So we're really excited about that. And uh, caught up with him to talk about uh, a little bit, some parting thoughts on 2023, and then some thoughts on 2024, which uh, devolved you know, into discussion about the broadcast booth uh, for NBC that's open that I didn't expect. Um, you know, we brought it up in passing and it kind of uh, ended up being a big focal topic of the pod. So uh, thanks to Shane for coming on. And uh, before we jump in with Shane, our sponsor today is Club TFE. Um, if you want to be a better golf fan, a better golf, uh, you know, if you want to be a bigger golf enthusiast for 2024, if that's your New Year's resolution, I'm sure, I'm sure if you've got non-golfing significant other, uh, they'd love to hear that. But if you're, if you want to dive into golf, you want to get really into it, get into architecture. Um, we're going to have more diverse, a lot more subject matter in Club TFE this year. Um, but if you want to get into it, uh, sign up for our membership. We're posting a couple articles a week. We have great discussion posts, a community in there. You get uh, early access to events, you know, a bunch of other uh, benefits. If you want to sign up, go to thefriedag.com slash membership. It's $120 for the year. Um, everything kind of goes to support our content operation. This, uh, this membership, we've really loved the first year of it, the community that's building, and we expect a really uh, big second year. Um, it launched January 1 of 2023, so this is the second year of it. And uh, one of the great things about it is you can go back and you get all the stuff that we wrote. A lot of it is still as good as the day we wrote it um, in there. Like our course profiles, there are... I think 46 course profiles for you guys to peruse in there if you sign up. So uh, jump in, join the membership, uh, become a Club TFE member. And uh, now let's get to Shane. Shane, uh, welcome back. Another new year. Are you a big resolution guy? Are you a New Year's resolution guy? No, we, um, we've started doing like extremely attainable things. Like... What's something that's attainable that's not a year-long process, but maybe you want to do a little thing different? We've lived in this house now, Andy, since twenty March of 21, so we'll be coming up on three years. We've never had, like, full grass before, you know, like, mm-hmm. seeded and sodded and all that. 
And, uh, you know, in this, and now with the putting green I have in the backyard, there's not a ton of grass to do that to. But I told my wife yesterday, my quote unquote New Year's resolution is to have like a grass yard this year. So that's, I feel like that's extremely attainable. Like we can do that this year, you know. Maybe, maybe you could get a local agronomist to stop by and uh, help you, know anybody, you out. If you know, you know anybody, help. send them my way, please. Thank you. You know, if you got a lot of shade, they might have a different grass recommendation. Try and make your life easy. You yeah, know? I would like multiple strains is what I'm thinking. So as much as we, we could introduce multiple like <laughs> bodies of grass. We, see which yeah. one wins out. Exactly. How do I need to like do, do we need to have water more in one part of the yard than the other part of the yard? Um, and we're also Andy, we're also so my kids this year are going to be five and two. And we threw around the idea of getting a trampoline as their Christmas present, but we live in Connecticut. Connecticut, it's not extremely trampoline weather right now. But Spring. I think we're going to do trampoline like mid March, early April, and so we have also got to factor that into the to this to the grass. But uh, what about you? Are you doing a resolution? Um, you know, I'm not like a resolution guy. I I do do make decisions and try and stick with them. Last year, I gave up soda. I didn't okay. have a soda all year last year. What, real quick, let me let me interject. Were you a what was your soda of choice? I I mean I didn't drink a lot of soda. Before, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the so same way. Like I'll have one on an airplane. I'll have. I'll one have like a. Pizza. I would have like a Coke. Okay, just a straight a regular, up regular, regular OG. Coke. Yeah. I don't do the diet stuff. I think the diet Coke might be worse for you than regular Coke. Um, yeah, I don't, don't want to go down that that rabbit hole, but I just gave up soda it was crazy because like i didn't even really notice and then it was like october and i really wanted a soda one day and i was like oh i I haven't had one of these all year um now will you bring those back into your life in 24 i don't think so i think i'm done with them okay um but this year so something that stuck with me all year last year was uh in the u.s open they interviewed novak djokovic's wife and they asked what Novak liked to do at home. Okay. And she was just like, you know, he just stretches all the time. And they're like, what? Stretches all the time? They like asked him questions. And she's like, yeah, we'll watch TV. Stretches the entire time. So my kind of this year, my thing's going to be like, I'm going to really focus on trying to stretch every day. Just so- like it's super easy to do, but it's super hard to do. Right. Like something very attainable. but like. If I'm just, I feel like if you're just more flexible, life is easier. It's easier to get out of bed. It's easier to pick up your kid. Like it just, there's no excuse either. It's like the easiest thing to do in the world. If you're watching TV, you could just stretch while you watch TV. It's like legitimately the easiest thing to do. I'm going to try and do it, but it's like one of those hard things to do. Well, I mean, it it pulls you off the couch, right? Which is, you know, the place you want to be if you're watching TV. I remember I had... I had Justin Suh. We did a in-person podcast last year. I remember on this Get a Grip. He, I think he said four to six hours a day he stretches. Um, that's which nuts. again, that's like that's like an enormous percentage of the day you're spending stretching. But again, I mean, he's a professional athlete like Novak, so you know you've got to be focused on your body as much as possible. If Tom Brady taught us anything, you know, it's it's elasticity in the body is one of the more important things in terms of longevity, right? Uh, you know, what's the one thing for me because I do a little bit of what you talk about with Novak, like. We're upstairs watching, you know, Survivor or Amazing Race or something like that. I'm probably on the floor half the show, rolling out on the foam roller or just stretching in general. And uh, the other, but I've been trying to, I know you're a runner, 
So I've been trying to, somebody told me that you've got to stretch half the amount of time you exercise. So if you're going to do a 30 minute run, you need to stretch 15 minutes before the 30 minute run. I've been trying to dedicate myself to that over the last four, five, six months. And I do notice a completely different change to begin the run, not necessarily mid run, late in the run, but to start off the run, I do feel like I'm almost warmed up as I've gotten going. If that so makes you sense. stretch before you run. Yeah. Yeah. like, like 15 minutes. I mean, I'll do foam roller. I'll do some stretching myself. I've got a couple of stretching things that a PT taught me and then I'll go outside and I'll do like hamstring and stretch the legs, like just basically my front yard before I get going. But yeah, I mean, as opposed to kind of going out there, cold run is, is what <laughs> I've, I've tried to do, by the way, if any, if anybody hoped that this podcast would be normal and Andy and I are on it, you're getting like 11 minutes of stretching talk to start. Well, it's funny because you know, like you go out to run, and the first half mile of the run is just like it, it feels like if you take one bad step, the run will be over. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you break your rip an ACL or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, especially you. I know you do a lot of trail running. Um, you know, so it's like when you're trail running, and obviously step per step is is you know not as predictable as like somebody like me who's running on the pavement a lot. You know, you just got to be, you got to, got to keep your eyes and wits about you. By the way, trail running and hiking, I love because I do feel like it's a little bit more of a mental workout than just like running, like street running, like I do most of the time, because you're paying a lot of attention to where you're stepping. I remember when I used to hike Camelback, when I lived in Arizona all the time, you know, it'd be like 35 minutes up, right? And I'm busting my ass and I'm sweating and I'm tired and I'm, I'm winded. But I always said going down was my mental workout. Because a wrong step and you might twist an ankle or, you know, cut an arm or fall or do something like that. So I it was I felt like it was a great kind of mix of, of both those worlds. Yeah, the the trail I run on a lot, it's like a it's like a five, six hundred foot uh incline pretty quick. And what I find is that that it's like a it's awful. I'm not gonna lie. Like you do it and you're just like, This is this is terrible. But the only way to do it is to like focus on really like breathing well like you and it it becomes almost like meditative right because you're so focused on your breath um in order to get up but i think like i think it i've been wondering i you know i haven't played competitive golf for a long long time and (laughs) i haven't really played golf for a while now now that i think about it but um i think about that breath work with golf like if you just focus on breathing it helps so much in those high leverage moments in golf, right? Is like really being able to lock in on how you're breathing to keep things normal. Cause that's what I think sometimes happens when you get nervous uh, or you just lose the regularity of your breath and you see how, how powerful it is when you run up a hill is like, it's not bad if you focus on the, br- the breathing. It's hard if you lose track of your breathing and you lose your breath then. I I feel like, I mean, as we've kind of, as pro sports have evolved a lot over the last, let's call it seven years in terms of the mental focus as much as maybe the physical focus. And, you know, I mean, this is NFL players and NBA players, right? I mean, you hear so much about like the work LeBron puts in and the stuff Steph does mentally to keep the focus, you know, as, as he gets older, I feel like golf has kind of got there as well. I would love to hear more of this from pro golfers, by the way, about how they go about their process in a golf round. I mean, you know, like we do these, mm-hmm. we do, we, we, I know CBS did a great job last year of the like on course interviews. I'd love 
one of those interviews one day this year, it's like, what's the breathing like over the shot? You know, like, how are you going about the breathing technique as you prepare to hit a golf shot? Are you, do you have a breath hold? Do you, you know, like, cause I'm sure they do. I'm sure they've thinking about that. Yeah. I, I feel like people probably are afraid to ask that, especially in one of those settings. Because you'd be worried that the guy is then started to about. think about it. Yeah. Yes. It's like the Rick Rowley book where he talks about the guy looking at a shadow over the swing, uh-huh. you know, and you're like, yeah, totally. But I mean, again, I, I like that's the space for those types of questions. And I'd love to get a little bit more in depth on that because I, you know, I mean, the stuff that these, these top tier pros do outside of just going to the gym, I feel like hasn't totally been as explored as maybe I'd like it to be, or, or I haven't read the article yet, but I'm sure it's out there. I think too, some of them are super secretive about what, like, think about Kepka, like, wouldn't tell anybody. Still hasn't said it, right? Still hasn't, yeah, 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 said what what it was that he took to the PGA. Just walk slower or something, right? It was like, let's just slow down. That was one of the things. One of the things was to slow down, but he said it was something else, you know, that, that, you know, after the Masters, him and his buddy stayed up and, you know, it was his buddy was yelling at him about it. But, like, I think that like we've seen it with Tiger. Tiger is so much more open about his process and himself and the way he thinks about the game now right. than he was at age 33 when he earthed, you know, 28, when he was in his prime, just knocking down majors and trying to like inflict harm on his competitors, right? <laughs> Psychological warfare. Uh, Andy, I have a question before we kind of dive into the topic here that we're going to talk about, because I I know I felt this yesterday. So we're recording this on January 2nd. I felt this on New Year's Day as we we're kind of getting into the college football playoffs. You know, I mean, East Coast person, it's it's 5 p.m. when the first game starts. Right. I I miss golf. I miss a little bit of golf. It's so wild how this happens. You take a few weeks off of paying attention to it and watching it all the time. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch any PNC. I don't think I watched a minute of the PNC. I, the hero? Was, you weren't you weren't plugged into the hero? I, I don't think I watched a second of the hero. So I don't think I watched literally a second of golf in the month of December that, was, that wasn't Q School that I covered. Uh-huh. So outside of that, it's I've been four or five weeks off, which has made me kind of excited about Hawaii. You know, like that's why breaks are good. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot to be excited about with I, the West Coast swing, in my opinion, you know, include Hawaii in that is the best, you know, like this to the Masters is the best season for golf. Yep. People are inside. People have time to watch stuff. People aren't you're not competing with people playing golf on the weekend, which I think is like a, an underrated um, thing that people don't talk about enough. It's like you capture golfers bigger, golf. Yeah. Yeah. Like people golfers who watch, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. watch golf, like to play golf too. Like and they, and they don't work Saturdays and Sundays. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a, what a, what a, what a weird phenomenon there. Andy, I can't believe you cracked that code. So, so we're here. We're at the, like, I think there's the most interesting golf is, is really Q1 to the masters. Right. Totally agree with you. And, um, and I, you know, we have a lot of great events in the summer, but this, this time of year is really great. Um, and I, I agree. Like I, I kind of, I'm itching to see, um, golf again. I'm, I'm a little bummed about the ROM defection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like he always played well at Kapalua and, you know, you think about K 
Kapalua a couple years ago. We had that amazing Rom um, Cam Smith duel. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was, I think, one of the better tournaments. Both of them are gone now. Um, Rory's not going to be there because well, he can, play, I mean, you always watch starts. That, you can watch that Dubai. battle on the C Dub. You know, you can you can just get just clue into that. But we're we're here. So to kick things off, I I figure we'll do a part reflection on twenty twenty three. Just three big picture kind of takeaways from the year. And then, uh, and then we'll dive into some predictions, thoughts on 2024. So what, uh, what's, what are your, what are your takeaways from 2023? Well, I had this as kind of my last one, but I'll start with this just because of what we just talked about. Um, I, I felt like last season golf on the men's side was extremely front loaded in terms of the storylines. And when you go back to early 2023, you know, it was our introduction into the signature or elevate. I don't know what they're called. What are they called now? Are they signature this year? Signature, signature, okay. elevated signature. They'll change. It'll change. Designated, uh, ele- designated, or elevated designated signature. Hey, Andy, I'll give you. Moment. I'll give you over under October 1, twenty four. Uh, that has a sponsorship to it. Are you going to take the over or the under? It's, so it's not going to be. It's, it'll be like over. You know, I don't think. I think they're going to try and sell. I. You know, one one crazy prediction I almost put down. This is. <laughs> jumping ahead i almost said that the pga will change dates by the end of 2024 that would be super good going back to old may or sorry going back to old august maybe yeah that's i just i just like i think with the private equity money the the piff money there could be just like another massive schedule shakeup. hey andy can i say this to that point yeah the may pga stinks get it out of my face it's there's way too many good tournaments bunched together well and it you, kills the summer it that's, kills that's what i'm saying ev- it kills every event every event between uh, that's not a major between the masters and the it's, open is rest is or terrible sleeping. yeah i couldn't agree with you more <laughs> take it back to august there was nothing wrong with that date by the way <laughs> nothing was awesome it was the, the only identity the pj championship had pre-blocky was the fact that it was the last major and it was it was Glory's last shot and that was obviously you know crushed and killed like the Western. But I I was writing that early in the season we had this new thing in golf on the PGA tour that was really cool and unique and different. And it was one of those things where you went, why isn't this why isn't it like this all the time? Right? The fact that yeah. everybody got together and played the same golf tournaments. You know, you think about like the Tiger Ernie Phil era and the, they would just play random events that the other two guys wouldn't be there and VJ it's like such a bummer that that was the case but so we got century with Rom Farmers was great Phoenix Open Scheffler wins Rom wins at Riv mm-hmm. Scheffler wins the players and then Rom wins the Masters and it was literally Andy if you remember it was like this is it man like these are the two best golfers in the world we're getting them playing well week after week after week and this is going to be 2023 and neither one again. It's yeah. just crazy that neither of those guys won another golf tournament uh, at, at all after this incredible run early in the year where it felt like we were going to get this juggernaut battle of these two names. So I would say when I look back on 2023, remembering how good those two guys played early in the year and how freaking awesome it was watching them go head to head is going to be, was one of my big takeaways, you know, from then on. But, I mean, after that, so Andy, after those guys, after the Masters, right, I was looking at impactful wins on the PGA Tour or in a major championship by 
certified stars, okay? These are like the guys that you turn the TV on on Saturday and Sunday if they're in the hunt. Kepka at the PGA, Hovland at the Memorial, Ricky Fowler at the Rocket Mortgage, Rory at the Scottish, and then Hovland goes back-to-back in the playoffs. So you basically had like five impactful weeks, and you kind of combine the two with Hovland there after April. It wasn't a great PGA Tour season after the start of it, you know? There were a lot of really good tournaments in there, but For they sure. weren't star driven. Because right. you think about like Nick Taylor at Canada, right? Like I think about the you had Ricky at um at the 3M or yep. at, at the Rocket Mortgage, right? Yep. You had like great events, but not necessarily star driven stuff. I've got two things that kind of play off of that okay. that are two of my things. So we'll do a little snake draft here. One thing that I think, you know, I was just looking at, at the year is Wyndham Clark. Like, uh, is he a flash in the p- pan or are we going to look at him as a late bloomer star? Right. right? Is he going to be like someone that we look at? Of, oh, I can't believe Wyndham Clark won that U.S. Open. Uh, or is it going to be like, oh, that was Wyndham Clark's like big coming out party. And he won, obviously, Wells Fargo also um, on the way to that. And it's like. I think like that's a a big thing that uh, 2023, like when we go 10 years out, what window Clark becomes is actually kind of like kind of a barometer, I think, of 2023, because if he becomes like a really good player, like if he becomes a a, a Tony Finau, let's just say level player. Or, in terms or, of or, consistency. Or, Andy, or, or Andy or or Max, right? I mean, yeah. it's the trajectory is kind of. On the, I mean, he's he's younger, I think, in terms of making that switch and turning it on to what we saw with Max from you know Corn Ferry Tour to PGA Tour star. But I'd say, in relative terms, is could he be that right? To your to your point, could he be a a certified top ten superstar? You know, in the hunt a lot guy, like a guy that makes multiple team competitions. Yeah, like exactly. he he three Ryder Cup teams or you know four Ryder Cup teams that's hard like I think that's a real barometer like if he becomes that then I think 2023 we look back and we'll be like wow the major winners went Rom, Kepka, Wyndham Clark and then you'll have Brian Harmon which I think Brian Harmon is a nice player that was a nice story it was a dominant win but like that this the major year is kind of like a little bit underwhelming now, but could be look back, be really good if Wyndham Clark's this late bloomer. And then I think like the second thing that you hit on with, you know, impactful wins, like lack thereof, like, so going into that, that, um, Rom Scotty run was Rory's ridiculous run. Right. And I think with Rory, you've got this now seven of the last eight majors. He's finished in the top 10. Yep. Um, Crazy. Which is crazy consistency. Last year, Scheffler wins a couple out of the gate, but then the year is just the putter's not really agreeing, but he's hitting the ball better than anybody that we've ever seen other than Tiger. Right. And he's hitting this ball, and they're both like they're both achieving in different ways um this thing that every golfer strives for. It's what Tiger always used to was the barometer of Tiger's success was he always talked about consistency. And these players have become so consistent, yet there's so much frustration within each of their consistency. Yeah, like yeah. they are putting themselves into position 
you have to be there to win, right? Like both of these guys are like, and because of that, I could see either of those guys having monster years, whether it's from a major standpoint with Rory or a major and regular event standpoint with Scotty, just because you have to be there to win. And both of those guys in different of in, in different ways have just been there, right? They just haven't gotten it done. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you obviously, I mean, every year is the biggest year for Rory in terms of his career, in terms of major championship golf, right? I mean, every time we get to the next season until he wins another one. Um, but for Scotty, you know, it's it's kind of sneaky yeah. getting to that point. I mean, you know, you put yourself in contention this often in the big events, and what what are we are going to be on? What is that? Two? It'll be two he'll years. Be, he'll the be Masters? eight. Yeah, he'll be eight. Or uh, it'll be his eighth his major. Eight, eighth that, major. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure you have it in front of you. How many? You know, of those of those seven after his win were top five finishes. I mean, what is it? Four or five of those? Not just, top five finishes. Not just top five finishes, but you think about like, like it's, literally yeah, have a chance like, to win, right? Yeah, like Brookline, he was like Had right there, yep. right there. LACC, he was right there. Yep. Um, the PGA at Oak Hill. Really, kind of right there on Saturday, his, yeah. his putter killed him, um, and then he ended up tied for second. Um, so yeah, I mean he's been there at almost every single major. We, we call them front door top fives. Like, what, what's the term here? Because I mean, we love back door top tens. What is the what's Scotty's top five situation here? I think it's got to be just like in the uh, something in the in the mixer or something gotcha gotcha it's like like the host table top five where you know you got in and you're waiting for your table to sit down um you're you're in the blender (laughs) i mean he was he's been in the blender a lot i mean this dude is like strawberries i mean it is unbelievable how often we see him where you know i mean andy it's like sleepy stuff where he'll be he'll be you know fourth come like midday on Saturday in these majors. And you just go, where did Scotty Scheffler come from? But let's just say he goes like, to 2020. Oh yeah. He it's like, oh yeah. He's leading the field and, and off the tee and approach. <laughs> Surprised like, to oh, see him there. Another Scotty week. But you know, like yeah. if you go through 24 and he doesn't win a major, then it might start to be a thing. If it's not already a thing in his brain. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's not, he's not on the same He's not not at the same level as Rory in terms of the importance of majors every time he gets there, but it's getting there at, though. At some point, he's not getting the ball like God anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the the one of the things with with the game right now, and and this year, I think added to that is that I think four guys have have really kind of separated themselves as of right now. And it's four so, guys. So, so who is that? Is that that's Scotty, Rom, Rom, Rory, and and Brooks and Brooks? Okay, right. And those guys are are at a different plane than kind of everybody else right now, uh, especially in majors. It feels like those four guys at any type of golf course, you know, are going to be, you know, it, they they have to be your four favorites, right? I know, I know you're a Simmons podcast listener. He was talking about something with Cousin Sal this past week about the 49ers and the Ravens. And yeah. He said that these are two teams that can win in any conditions, right? These are why they're the two best teams in both conferences. They can win if it's cold and rainy and crappy. They can win if it's a beautiful 75-degree day. They can win inside. They can win outside, those types of things. It feels like these four guys are similar where, you know, you look at some of the courses Rory has – I mean, Rory's maybe the outlier in this sense because a lot of his wins come on kind of the same style golf courses, but we have also seen him 
play well and contend outside of that South golf course. I mean, Every, the old everywhere course is not, he's contended. Yeah, the old and, course isn't Quill Hollow, right? Yeah, and I think that's like the thing is the last two years, that consistency in majors at different types of setups, right? LACC, the old course, you know, um, he played horrendous and finished, you know, I think, what was it, seventh at, at Oak Hill? Those yeah. played awful. Like, you know, well, I mean, like, I mean Tory, like, sneak backdoor sneaks into that at Tory and, like, has a legit chance standing on 11T yeah. to win that U.S. Open. You know, that's a, Andy, I haven't really thought about that. That's a really interesting point about Rory because when you, when we look back on this Rory run, whatever you want to call it, his career, his 30s, whatever it is, like, his wins were dominant victories. He was just better than everybody else. You know, like, when he won those majors, he was winning by a million golf shots, like winning by eight in a major. Could you imagine somebody doing that now? Like just, seems I mean, so- I think like Harmon was close to that. I mean, and, 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 and it's like Shane Lowry and Brian Harmon are like the two guys I think about when I think about blowout major championship victories in recent golf history. Right. Rory wins two majors by eight, just simply better than everybody he hit it. He hit it farther. He hit it. He was, he was a great putter. He was extremely confident. He believed in himself. All those things, you know, transpired to these victories early in his career. You could make an argument that the last two and a half, three years in major championship golf for Rory McIlroy has been better golf. And he's won the majors, but on different golf courses, to your point, that ask different questions that make you style your game in, in, in times to what that golf course is asking. And to be able to go play well at LACC and play well at the old course and bounce back and forth at these places, really the only place we haven't seen Rory play good golf at the last few years has been Augusta National. I mean, outside of that styled golf course, which, you know, I mean, he's a threat to win there every year just simply from the power and the driving. But it's just been these other major venues that we've seen Rory really display the beauty that we wanted to see from Rory. Honestly, Andy, I think of two shots from Rory's year this past year. The, the shot into the into the last screen at the Scottish where he, he scaled down and went to the two iron instead of the three iron and hit the cut. And then that pitch shot at the Ryder Cup that he hit the low fizzer that, yeah. you know, went about head high, the back, opens the, back the face, foot, back, back foot. foot, 60 degree. Oh, I've tried I mean, to hit that. I've tried to hit that so many times. I can't figure it out. It's 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 such a hard golf shot to pull off. But I think what what we <laughs> might always like go, get up in the air. It's like, how do you it like rolls yourself? up the face and it doesn't yes. check? And you're like, oh, that's supposed to rip. But, you know, like these are these are artistic golf shots. And I feel like we've lost at least golf in general has lost the idea of Rory as the artist. And Rory is still a great artist on the golf course, and we've seen it on different canvases over the last few years. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of like the maturation of like a great NBA player, where totally, you know totally. they they go from a great scorer um, to like teams start to blitz them or whatever, send doubles, and they they might struggle to figure it out. But then once they understand it, it's like then sending a second defender is like the worst thing you could do. It's like LeBron. Like you just, you don't want to send a second defender at LeBron right. because you're dead. it's game you're over. Dead. If you do yeah. it. Yep. And, and so it's like in, in golf, like I think being able to play different styles and in types of golf courses, um, the idea of like, you know, no golf course, not fitting your game. Like, you know, you, we saw it with Brooks, even, you know, as great of a major champion as Brooks is, he rolled up to LACC and after t- after a round, he's like, I just don't like this place. This yep. isn't my yep. kind of major championship test. It's like that 
that's like a, a guy saying, you know what, a, a quarterback in the NFL being like, you know what, I can't break down zone defenses, yeah, right? Totally. You don't want to hear, uh, you know, that's, I think where Rory's gone is they haven't come, the wins haven't come, but the, the consistency, that's what every golfer wants. That's what the, you know, I, I kind of think. So what's your second one? Um, so my second one is, is recent and just, it was on my mind when I was thinking about 2023, it's not necessarily the biggest story, but the Hayden Springer getting his PGA tour card. I just don't think we need to forget it as we get into 24. And I like, I, I love Hayden Springer. I root for this guy so much. I mean, going through that, I can't imagine what it's been like over the last three months in his life. And for him to go and play as well as he did to get his tour card was one of the great stories in sports last year, I thought. Yeah, so, you know, for anybody that's unaware, Hayden Springer went to Q School, and Q School's back awarding cards, uh, five cards. Shane was on the call, but Hayden Springer oh, so, so So lost. fun, by the way, that it's back, by the way, Andy. Yeah. I mean, it's just so cool that Q School's back. Um, a month before Q School, Hayden Springer lost his his daughter who had been battling a rare disease, you know, and she was, uh, what, about two or three? She was three. Yeah. She, she, yeah, she, she was one of, one of two daughters and they lost her. And, um, the doctors had said they you know, gave her weeks to live. She lived, you know, years, which is incredible. But, you know, I mean, he had to, I mean, this is a guy that had to talk about it after every round, you know, to yeah. media and he was interviewed about it and yet still goes out there and played stones golf down the stretch, especially. Yeah. So amazing story. Definitely somebody, uh, to favorite on the app, you know, on, uh, it's someone that I think like one of the hard things about pro golf is it's hard to figure out who you root for. Totally. Right. Like this is a guy that makes it easy to root for them. Like, I think like that's one of the things that Max has done so well with his social media, like with just the being himself on social media has made him such a fan favorite because it gives somebody a reason to root for him. Oh, like, why do you root for Max Oma? I love the way he, he is on social media. He seems like tweets, a great guy, right? right? Exactly, exactly. Like it's that, that's time. otherwise it's like, why, why are you rooting for Keegan Bradley? Oh, well, I'm a Red Sox fan. Like that's <laughs> like, what, what do you get? Right. I mean, it's, it's your point, getting into golf, getting into pro golf to attach yourself to someone or multiple players. is not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, versus like a team is easy to attach yourself to, totally, totally. right? Like I'm um all right, so my last one from 2023 I just uh we're in self-improvement season. So okay. I had to call this out. I think this is like a great example of like people get super ambitious this time of year, but it's just like a small focusing on small things. Um Victor Hovland's evolution. Heck yes. And uh, his ability to just like hone in and recognize a weakness, recognize something holding him back and do everything he can to turn that around. Right. And how he's become just like a complete player. A, I think like of all the players that aren't in that top four that I said before, when it comes to majors, Victor Hovland's is the one that I would expect most to jump into that and maybe make it like, you know, one of those guys that, Hey, anywhere, anytime, you know, someone that, is kind of like a off three prediction type thing is what's Will's Al Torres. You know, that's a question for me. Cause like this time last year, we're probably talking about Will's Al Torres as one of those major championship specialists, right? right. But Victor Hovland, I mean, he's got all the tools now, all the shots and um, you have to, you, you, you could see a really big year from him this year. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was cool. He seems like the kind of guy that wants to be there too. You know, I mean, that's what's been fun to watch is it seems like he wants to play Rory or he wants to play Rom in these moments, you know. And I mean, I don't know if that was the case. You think about Jordan Spieth winning majors early in his career and you think about obviously 2015, that great year he had. He needed 2014 at the Masters losing to Bubba. That was an important moment, I think, for Jordan Spieth as a young player. I think Victor is kind of counting these major moments where he's been close. Think about St. Andrews, played terrible, you know, next to Rory McIlroy on that Sunday. Then he gets to the PGA and played really, really solid. He was in the mix of the Masters, too, and didn't play great, right? Yeah, the the, the PGA, things changed, right? He played great for, for 15 holes, and then he gets that that break in the bunker on 16, but he was right there. I mean, it was, it was feeling like it might be a playoff between him and Kepka, And, you know, obviously the, the season continued to that point. I also, a lot of the time, especially with young players, I'll look at how they played after a moment like that, where either you won or you lost, you know, and it was, it's extremely emotional, you know, physical toll, emotional toll, things like that. How'd you play after that? And he played excellent. You know, he was awesome. He wins the Memorial, wins a couple playoff events, played awesome at the Ryder Cup. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Victor, Victor, I think, is the most likely candidate to, to kind of jump into the, the top five number you said. Um, what's your last one? All right, I want to give a shout-out to the LPGA. Um, Lilia Vu, I think it's easy to forget her season. Um, had never won on the LPGA Tour. I, I, I looked this up. So she was 41st at the end of the year last year. Okay. She wins four times, two majors, becomes world number one. Eric Cole is currently 41st on the PGA Tour, or excuse me, on the OWGR. So it would be like Eric Cole winning two majors four times and becoming world number one at the end of the year this year in in men's golf. That's how crazy and out of nowhere it came for Lilia Vu, player of the year. So I just wanted to give a shout out to her season because on the men's side, it might have felt a little diluted after the Masters in terms of anybody having a great season. I feel like in golf, Lilia Vu was the player that had that great season. Yeah, like other players around Eric Cole, Cam Davis, Harris English, JT Poston, like these, all of them would be shocking. Yeah, I and mean, it, if they got to be top five, you'd be like, what happened here, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's an amazing, that's an amazing story. Um. And uh, obviously, I think Eric Cole's a great story too. Totally, the totally. guy he brought up. He was playing minor league events that at the beginning of last year. He was playing on the minor league tour. All right, let's get to twenty twenty four. We're looking ahead I for a couple predictions. So, what do, what do you got for us? All right, I think somebody of these three is going to return to dominance. Um, I wrote down the three players that I feel like all kind of fit the same mold. If that makes sense, Andy. So, um, my three here are JT, Jordan, and Colin. I feel like all three of those players are, you know, at one point in golf, were the best player in golf, uh, have struggled at times, if not for long stretches over the last few years. And I feel like with Rom leaving to go to live, it was it's kind of Rory and everybody else. And I feel yeah. like Rory could really be helped by one of these guys joining him. And that's no knock to Scotty Scheffler. I love Scheffler. I understand he's one of the best players in the world. But in terms of marketing, big names, things like that in golf, you need a Morikawa, a Jordan, or a JT to become really, really good again. And I think one of those is going to have a great season. And I think as I look at those three names, it feels like Morikawa is that guy. Yeah, I think it's super important um, for I think it's super important for JT and Jordan. Um, just Huge because, for them. 
because those guys have that star appeal. Like I think totally. Kyle Morikawa, obviously great player, two majors, um, has accomplished so much in such a short period of time, but they just don't have the box office um, appeal of a Jordan Spieth or a JT right now. Kyle Morikawa doesn't, and that's not necessarily, it's not a knock, knock against him. I mean, these guys are, have been pros for longer and, and we've seen it with golf. Like, one of the things that golf really thrives with and does better than sports like the NFL is it creates these long stars. Like think about Rory. We are, we are now um, almost year 20, like getting close to year 20 of Rory, right? We're like probably 17 years in is 16 years into Rory, you know, tiger we're we're 30 years into tiger, right? And, you know, Phil, same thing, like 30 years of Phil, 30 plus years of Phil, like that is what the PGA Tour does so well. And it's it's been something that's kind of like with this youth invasion has eroded a little bit with the PGA Tour is that we don't like, you know, Adam Scott's kind of an afterthought now. Right. Versus, you know, in when it was Furyk and Phil and and VJ's heyday, like this was like, you know, early 40s was prime time. Right. Like, so, like just Justin Rose last year, Andy, having the year he had was like this crazy outlier moment that used yeah. to be pretty normal. And he was 40. Yeah, right. 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 Like that's that used to be like, OK, like, I mean, Phil didn't win a major till what, 34? Is yeah, it? 33. I think he 33. was 33. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, all these uh, the game has changed so much. And, and I just I do think this is a big moment for those two, because it's like, are they just second page guys now, or are they still, you know, one of the guys in the sport? Right. And I think that's the, that's a big question. And I, I, I think for the PGA tour's sake, you know, I, who knows what this resolution is going to end up being, what it's going to look like, but the better they play, especially in the beginning of this year, while these negotiations are going on is extremely important for the sport as a whole. Um, when you talk about men's professional golf, I'm not talking about, you know, golf in general, recreational golf, women's golf, I, men's men's professional golf, Jordan Spieth and JT getting off to good starts this year is, is very, very important. Um, I've got, I've got, I think that, I think Pebble Beach is going to be one of the best events of the year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. That's one of my predictions is that this event is going to be we're going to we're going to be get done with that event. The new format with with like 70 players, no, no celebrities on on the weekend. And we're going to be like, why? Why was this event this way for the last 30 years? Well, I mean, you know, you, I remember, so when we did the 2019 US Open at Pebble Beach, uh, one of my bosses at the time at Fox was not a big golfer. And I remember Saturday night, we faxed and I got done in our booth and our booth was right by the beach club right there, yeah. you know, on, uh, on I remember that, stopping but, by. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, it's right there by <laughs> four. And, um, we walked in, there was like a little bit of a get together and this boss came up to me and he was like, Hey man, you know, you guys did a great job, whatever. And he goes, I got a question for you. Why don't they have the US Open at Pebble Beach every year? And I was like, well, you know, it's, you know, I kind of went and it's, you know, I knew what he was saying. Like he was, he was kind of joking. Right. But I think his point was valid. West coast, primetime viewing, most beautiful golf course, arguably in the entire world. 
awesome venue. I know you've got some, I know you've got some issues in terms of the way it needs to be restored, which I probably agree with most of your takes there, but even in its current, you know, rendering, it's still amazing. You know, the course, you know, the holes, you know, that front nine stretch, like golf fans, even casual golf fans know what seven is, know what eight is, know what 17 is, know know what what 18 is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, like how many golf courses in the world does like a, a do a lot of fans know five holes of? I would I mean, say a ten, Augusta, five, three, Augusta, St. Andrews, maybe. I would say probably don't, I don't know St. Andrews. I don't think people do. I yeah, think one it's Augusta, eighteen and maybe seventeen. Yeah, I think it's Augusta, Sawgrass, and um, Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you 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 might have an argument from somebody about Riviera just because there's so much uniqueness in terms think, of their holes, but I don't think it probably is on the list. Yeah, I I mean like I, I it's hard for me to take a step, but I just don't think like a regular fan would. And I think like honestly, a, an event that's probably a course that's like building up towards that, and it's it's like the final four holes, but is uh, Scottsdale. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's probably maybe the 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 closest in terms of in the running. But you know, I mean, th- this guy says to me, you know, why don't you have a U.S. Open at Pebble every year? Well, we have an early season opportunity with the Pro-Am and it, as you and I have known for years, and it's been a running joke on social media for years, the, the most, the most ungolfy broadcast of the year was always that Saturday at the Pro-Am because they had to infuse the celebrities into the broadcast and you kind of failed to see what was the star, which is Pebble Beach. And now the star is back, right? It's like, and it's like, think about that field, it, you know, the in recent years it's been going up against that Saudi international field. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it's just been like, what happened to Pebble beach? It's like the, one of the worst fields on the PGA tour. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, now we're going to get the very best players in the world at Pebble beach on the weekend. I mean, that event has done a complete 180 for diehard golf fans. I, I totally agree. Andy, I have a question for you. Let's say, this year is a crazy success, right? To your point, do you see in the future the potential for Cypress to get back in the Rota? Well, I think this, the limited number of, of players is the biggest draw for that potentially happening. Yeah, I think um, so, too. I'd heard some murmurs last year, like mid-summer, um, just, uh, you know, some light murmurs. But uh, it would be epic, epic to have that. Like with modern technology, that's the thing people don't understand, Andy, is what was the last time was like in the early 90s was the last yeah. time Cyprus was a part of this. Like drones haven't been a part of a Cyprus broadcast, right? I mean, the tower camera, HD, 4K, all these things on, you know, 15, 16, 17 would, I mean, you know, you'd have that and then you could flip over to Pebble, I mean, for goodness sake. Yeah, I mean, think about how excited Nance would be, too. Nance would, would just be, just, would be, be thrown, he'd be thrown 95. Listen, nobody could speak better or, or or would know more about a golf course in terms of a host than uh than than Jim at at Cyprus. It would be epic. Just I would be, be all in. I would be all in all day. Can we give a shout out to Jim Nance, by the way? I, I feel like he does. I feel like we underappreciate how freaking good he is at his job because we hear him so much in golf. He's I agree with this. Awesome. He's. I mean, so good at his job well i think the thing that i think is amazing and i i don't know exactly what his schedule is going to be now but it's like 
the way where you can go from being the best voice on football to then like calling the NCAA Final Four and then just like effortlessly then shifting back to golf, right? It's the it's the variety, it's the ability to to be able to talk about sports, uh, multiple sports, and an extraordinarily high level that I think is is under the radar. You know, beyond just like the names, stats, knowing that, like the work that he has to put in to do that, it is the ability to pay attention. Like he, the guy has to work really hard. Oh, so so that was my my big takeaway working with Joe Buck when I worked with him at the during the the Fox Golf days was how much time he'd put in to four days of a U.S. Open broadcast. I mean, you know, like months in advance, he's reading, researching. He had multiple researchers that were sending him information. I mean, this guy probably spent five months, you know, multiple days a week reading, researching, knowing everything he could about A, the golf course, and B, the players involved. It was amazing how much time he would put in for four days of, of work. It was, it was, it, it made, it made me understand that it was, it needed, I needed to elevate. I'll say that. I, I, I'm definitely, I'm not going to name names, but what I will, I will say that when you see the people that do the work, it makes the people in the broadcast industry that don't do the work. So very, very apparent, right? Um, it is it's an interesting um dynamic but like you know it requires you know people like i think trevor moments done like a fantastic oh, job he's so, he's so good like he, but like so why good. you think he's why he's good is because he's putting in the work he know he's doing the research on the players he's keeping up on like what's going on right and that's a, that's a lot of work to do right it's not just showing up and and reacting to golf shots on TV, it is it is being so integrated and involved in the sport, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like Andy, just like to to let people behind kind of the the you know the window for a moment is when you're doing a broadcast, you're getting research information sent to you pretty consistently. You know, I mean, you're getting like news clips emailed to you in like a downloadable PDF or whatever. You're probably going to get you know like say at the Canadian Open or something, you might get twenty articles you know, three weeks out, 25 articles, two weeks out, you know, 25, 30 articles week of, you're getting a lot of information sent. It's on you to read the information, right? I mean, that's your job in, in, in a sense. But if you know the sport, you cover the sport, you follow the sport, a lot of it is the stuff you already know. So it's very easy, I'll say, to not want to read it. But in the information that you're getting sent, there's a quote here or a nugget there that and I will, I can, because I've done these jobs before. When I'm watching a broadcast, I can, I can almost guarantee you that 95% of the time, I could tell you if it's a, nug, a nugget that's in the person's brain or if it's something handed to them, you know, if it's yeah. a card handed to them. And you can almost tell, like, are you listening to, to the No Lane Up podcast that they're doing with X, Y, and Z player, right? Are you paying attention? Are you listening to foreplay when they're interviewing or they're doing a golf segment with, Sam Burns, you know, to get something from that that you might not get from an everyday article. Like, you've got to want to do it. And mm -hmm. I think the guys that are the best are the best because they obviously are very smart and very talented, but it's almost like they really want to do the work. And I feel like Nance 
is just been doing this for whatever 30 something years and still wants to wants to listen and read you know i had i i don't i something a thought that crossed my mind today while i was prepping for this is that i find it a bit crazy that it's january and we and we don't know who our other golf color analyst is obviously zingers <laughs> out we just we, we got Kevin Kisner stepping in for yeah. two events for NBC. Seats empty, yeah. It's very but interesting. But there's no, what's what's going on? I mean, I always, you and I love to compare stuff to other sports, but I just laugh at like, if if the if the Monday Night Football analyst chair was empty. And, and it it's was like the week two of. Weeks, two weeks before, it's the week of. It's the week of the season. Like, who's going to be there? It's like the Mass Singer. Maybe it's Mass Singer Golf Edition. You never know. I, that was something that, like, just while I was thinking about this next year, I kind of like irrationally got upset about. Was like, wait, how do how do we not like? I think like I it, I don't want to put you in a spot. So this is all my thoughts. You do not have to comment. Um, but like, I think like what's happened with NBC um, Golf Channel over the last like couple years uh, has been kind of like they have really kind of given the the fans the middle finger and this is just the latest in this whole um kind of odyssey of of NBC and and what the last you know basically since Johnny Miller left it's been kind of it's felt like a a, a decline here and it's like we're now it's it's January 2nd as we're recording this and we have no clue who our golf analyst is for well, it- half the half the events what they have two of the four majors, and uh, and we don't know who's going to be calling calling the main main analysts in the broadcast booth, right? Andy, it, it is interesting. You you did speak on something earlier about about uh, Adam Scott and Justin Rose. We were talking about that forty something golfer that had a great career for so long. It could compete and win. I mean, I think about Marco Mira in '98, and you know, obviously he was. His whole his whole life was revitalized because he you know lived close to this young stud that ended up being the best golfer of all time. I wonder, and I know Ogilvy's name's kind of been floated around a bit. I wonder if that's the space that's going to take this position because forever it was like a fifty year old, a fifty two year old, a fifty five year old that got into that world on the back end of their playing career. Either they tried to play Champions Tour golf and they couldn't compete, or they weren't interested in doing that. And so they got into TV. I'll be interested if that flip happens to late 30s, early 40-year-old guys moving forward that it seems like it's happening a bit in terms of like digital broadcasting, ESPN+, PJ Tour Live, those types of things. But I'm wondering if we will get the superstar level person that feels like, like, you know, Justin Rose could do that job tomorrow, right? So like how much longer does Justin Rose want to battle Ludwig and ADDC and, you know, the, and the Cootie brothers, you know, on a week to week basis on the PGA tour, you're going to make more money playing golf, but maybe life's a little less stressful if you get to sit in the booth and, and chat about it and talk about it, obviously knowing all these guys. I mean, it's just, it feels like it's a little bit of a transition period in terms of what golf and and TV is going to look like kind of moving forward. Yeah. I, I think there's also like this aspect of, you know, the money, right? The totally. I mean, the amount I mean, of money absolutely. that these guys have made is just so much different. I mean, you get somebody like Johnny Miller because they didn't make like retire, like, you know, totally 
live lavishly, like however you want to live money when they played professional golf, they made a lot of money. I'm not trying to discount that they've, you know, but there, there was a certain um, need to work um, to maintain a certain level of lifestyle. And it's like, now these guys, it's like, I was just looking scrolling around here at like the, what's, the most what's Justin wrote. What's Justin Rose like career money. I mean, it's gotta be like 50 oh million, my God. 40 million, I, 60 million. I, I mean, just on the PJ tour. Well, that's it. You know, the, the, the career money list is probably the, the place to go for this, but, but yeah, the, uh, um, you know, like that's an aspect of this and, and maybe, you know, it's always been this major, this all time great. Like you think about Faldo, you think about, um, Johnny Miller, you know, is the shift now, like, is it going to become okay if somebody didn't win a major, if they weren't a perennial top 10 player? And I think honestly, that might push the, the level of, um, of broadcasting up because it's going to be somebody that's, that wants to do the work. Right. Well, I mean, like, like Andy, who's been, who's been the most popular, hottest topic person in sports broadcasting in the last five years? Like, what's the name that comes to mind? Romo? Romo. I mean, it's Tony Romo for sure, right? Tony Romo is not a career NFL quarterback, a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner, any of that, right? Tony Romo can talk ball. He knows ball. He sat there and he's played ball. We've seen him do extraordinary things on the football field. We've also seen him do not great things on the football field, especially in big moments. I mean... Tony Romo, in theory, should have broken this mold already. Well, I mean, the golf, I mean, think golf about executives the, should have said, well, Romo can do it in football. Like, why I can't? I mean, think about how great Greg Olson's been. Greg Olson is, you know. Olson's great. Colt Nost is great. Smiley's been extremely interesting to listen to. Like, these are not guys that were winning major championships, you know. I mean, Colt Nost won an amateur, which I think is an incredible thing to have on your resume, right? But Colt's great on course because he knows the players. He's well-spoken. He's funny. He's entertaining. He does the work. He does the work. He does the work. Smiley's great in his position because these guys he's talking about are his buddies. If he has a question to ask Jordan Spieth, you know what he can do? He can text Jordan Spieth a question, and they can relay that. Now, that's not the only skill set needed in that position, but it's very important to have. And I would not be surprised if you continue to see Smiley move up in the ranks because of the unique place he's in in the game right now. He's young, he's well-spoken, he's good at his job, and more importantly than all that stuff, he knows all the guys because he played against them. All right, I'm going to rattle some names off. Just so you know, uh, Rose made $62 million so far. And is that just PJ Tour? Just PJ Tour. So, <laughs> so he's probably made $40 million on the on the Euro. Maybe right? not 40 Probably Maybe 20 Probably 15 I would guess. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a website, by the way. Is the DP World Tour have official? I, well, I think it's still europeantour.com. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I always um, that. So here, I'll let me just throw some names at you, and you tell me if you're excited about any right, of these go. in the booth. And, and by the way, I just want to let let everybody know this. This is not a knock on who you are. This is just us. Are we are we fired up to hear you? Are we excited? To, oh, by the way, Rose has made $30 million on the DP World Tour. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, so there you go. That's Zach $100 million John, Zach, boxing golf. Zach Johnson. Uh, I, I no. I mean, again, this is not a knock on who you are. This isn't anything like that. It's just simply this is a hard job. I mean, it's one person, two people in the world do this job. Yeah, for you have to occupy air for six yeah, hours. It's not an easy. Time. It's not an easy yeah. position. Um, 
DL3, we already tried. Yeah. Um, Let's see, Stu Sink. I love Stu Sink, but I don't know if he he might be okay. Actually, I'm 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 like yeah, like I'm like a maybe. I mean, I think he could be good. It just again, is is he gonna? My my question to these guys, I always ask, is are you willing to be critical? Which it takes a little bit of time for these guys to get to that position. Uh, David Toms. I I just again, I just don't think it's a position for him. <laughs> no, Brant Snedeker. Don't think it's a position for him. <laughs> um, Luke Donald. I, I think he's great. I don't think it's a position for him. Maybe. I, I'm, a, I'm a maybe on Luke. I'm a maybe on Luke. All right. Uh, Rory Sabatini, you think they're going to let I mean, him actually, in the booth? Hey, I would say this. Could could potentially be awesome. Could be awful. Don't know. Don't think there's a, I don't think he's a 5 out of 10. I think he's either a 10 out of 10 throwing heaters like Johnny or he's got two days of the job. I'm on the career money list. Now we've entered the Ryan Moore, Ryan Palmer, yeah, Charlie Hoffman. Zone. Yeah, I mean that, but that's the problem, Andy. Like that's what you said is is the this is the group you're going to probably have to pick from because yeah. Phil's not doing the job. Like, like like Jordan Spieth, Max I think Homa, Hunter Mahan might be that might be the guy. Maybe that's the guy. Honestly, Hunter I, Mahan I mean, might I mean, be. I mean, it. Let's see. He's really good on TV. He's been a real. I've really enjoyed listening to him when he's done TV. He's 41 years old. He was um, a top five player, top five player, played on Ryder Cups, contended top 10 in every major he played in um, at some point in his career, won some big events, was a, was an excellent and no. And again, like knows the problem is all the guys he knows. And I'm not saying he's not friends with young guys, but all the guys he knows are probably in that group that he would, in theory, be competing against. Right. Like that's the hard part of this is you've got to be able to connect with a 22 year old guy that's playing tour golf, which in, which means you've got to care to try to connect with them. Um, which I think again, to your point about what we started with Trevor, Trevor is so good at that. Like Trevor goes out of his way to approach young players and talk to young players. And I once them to know, it, I'm not it, trying being, to be your best buddy, but the I, president's, I to, the president's cup captaincy is a big part of that too. I have to imagine. Right. You're, Cause it like point. forced great him point. to be out there. By the right? way, we, just... I, we, some, we somehow deviated from talking about what we're excited about in 2024 to who's going to be the next great broadcaster. Um, but I actually well, think a it's a great, I, I'll say this, Andy, I think it's a great thing to bring up because like you said this week, in theory, we don't necessarily know who's, do we know who's sitting there? Is, is Kisner. Kisner doing this week? Kisner could be amazing. Kisner but, might like, be is, amazing. I use our president's <laughs> cup team. Like, Three years ago. Oh, Andy, Andy's not going to get the job. He'd have a coughing fit in the booth. Um, but well, you know, the, like the, the joys of having young kids. Uh, trust me. I know my, my daughter coughed in into my mouth yesterday, directly into my <laughs> mouth as she sat in my lap. And then she was like, gave me the sweetest look. And you're like, I don't know. What am I supposed to do here? Um, That's the, the worst is when they cough and you literally feel the cough go into your mouth. You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was yeah, a direct exactly. hit. Yeah. No, there you go. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's, <laughs> now it's, my my question, I guess, would be: You looked at career money. I guess another way I'd look at this, and I might do a little digging tonight, is: Is there like a group of like Smiley, where they're young and it just didn't work out, like the game maybe didn't work out, and is there is there anybody in that world that you feel like could be excellent at this position? Because again it feels like it's probably the way to go is to try to well, find somebody very young and very talented. It's just not, it's the, way easier said than done. 
I think the other crazy thing about this situation here, and this is this is NBC Golf Channel's own doing. They had nobody in the pipeline, right? Like Smiley's like the the one, but it's like Smiley's been doing this for two years, and right, I I don't right. like I just don't think like that you can go from where he is now to being the lead chair right away. But like yeah. in maybe five years, ten years, five years from now, he might be ready for that, right? But like the fact that they didn't have anybody else that was even like, you know, we got somebody that's never called golf going into the booth for the first two tournaments of the year. And I think Kisner's going to be really good at it. But like, is he going to be so, is, is he done playing? Like, that right. would be my, my question. Like, um, but he fits the, he fits the vein of what's probably realistic of career achievements at this point that would want to do the booth job yeah. that like versus you're not getting the Nick Faldo of this. Year. You're not no, Brooks no. Kepka isn't going into the booth. Right. Jordan, <laughs> Justin, Max, these guys aren't, I mean, unless they really want to do see, it, Max could do it. Yeah. But, but again, Andy, like, like you're going to go to Max home and go, Hey, you want to do this job? You're going to make seen it in like 10, 15 years. I, I mean, maybe, but I just like, you're going to make a fiftieth or a 20th of what you made as a player. And yet you're going to have to travel the same amount. You're going to stay in worse places. You know, it's like, I think it's a great, in theory, it's an awesome idea that one of these guys would be excellent at the job. But in reality, once they see the week to week grind, how much work they got to put in, how it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is, how much travel's involved, how they've got to get there on a Tuesday for a Thursday golf tournament, you know, and fly out Sunday night or whatever the case may be. I think you were right when you said it's unrealistic to assume that Nick Faldo or Johnny Miller 2.0 is ever going to exist again in golf space in terms of broadcasting. Because if we've learned anything, it's that we're cutting money away from this stuff versus putting more money into it. And you're going to go to, you know, one of these 28, 30, 32 year old guys that are making 20 million a year go, we'll pay you a million a year to do this job. I mean, they're, they're going to be like, we make, I make a million a year, just leaving my money in the bank, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. We've devolved here. I actually, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great conversation to have. And I think it is important because I'm sure golf fans are thinking at least something similar to what you brought up is this is an important position, especially early in the season when you've got these monumental golf tournaments that are going to take over sports TV when football ends and the playoffs go away and you've kind of got Riv floating around and you've got these great tournaments. I know Riv's a CBS property, but you know, you've got these great golf tournaments and maybe it'll be Kisner. And I, if it is, I mean, I hope he's who he is, you know, away from the mic because Kevin Kisner's extremely entertaining. He's a great listen. And he's somebody I think that could crush the job if he wants to do it. All right. Other predictions. Uh, I think we're going to get some shakeup in uh, Grand Slam world. I think the Grand Slam world has been stagnant for a long, long time. I'm not saying that we're going to have somebody complete the Grand Slam. I mean, but we're out- getting, somebody's got to do it eventually here. Dude, it's been 24 years since somebody joined the team. How crazy is that? 2000, when Tiger won at St. Andrews, was his last leg. 24 years is a long time. Who do you think? Who, All right, so so you've got you obviously to, if you had to bet on on Jordan or Rory or other, I, I, I'm going to take, take? I, here's who's here's who I'm taking right now. This is who I wrote down. I think that Morikawa 
is the likeliest candidate to take the step closer to the Grand Slam. Um, you More know, I mean, so obviously, than Rom. Well, I mean, you know, you've got so you've got you've got three big guys that need another major to be one away. And I just feel like it's going to be a huge I, – I think Morikawa is going to be player of the year. I think he's going to win a lot this year. I'm big on Colin in 2024, and I just feel like he will tick off one of the two he needs to get within one. And then obviously you've got Rory and Spieth and, and Phil that are floating around that need one left. But I just feel like that will – we'll see a little bit of shakeup by years in. Either it's Brooks at Augusta or it's Morikawa winning one of the two he needs. Or to your point – it's it's Rom doing doing much of the same either at the PGA or the Open. So yeah, I just feel like we're gonna get some shake up there, and maybe somebody adds themselves to the list of three or four, or maybe we get somebody that finally ticks off, you know, that final one they need. Is, is this might be Phil's last U.S. Open chance? So he won the PGA in twenty one. I'm saying just from like a course fit, right? I guess you you could always count him in at Pebble, but like Pinehurst number two would be a course that's like yep. you're not your typical US Open course, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Like Yeah, I mean like like can can do all of the stuff he does well around the greens, right? Mhm. So, I don't know. There it'll be a course that a lot of people miss greens. There'll be a huge premium on on approach play. One of the things with with Piner's number 2 is like you could drive it a little crooked and get away with it cuz you yep. get those waste areas, you get some good breaks and, you know, Phil, um, Phil, by the way, Phil, uh, Phil Cam Smith is battling it at Pinehurst number two, I think. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, lots of people love Cam Smith for this uh, Pinehurst number two. I need to see, I need to see a rededication, need a rededication to golf for Cam Smith. <laughs> or to life. <laughs> I saw some, I saw some, some, some of the, some of the footage from the Australian Open and that swing is like, wait, does this guy just give, a, not, not doing fitness anymore? Is that- Dude, Andy, you know how hard it would be? If somebody paid you up front a hundred million dollars and it didn't matter what you did to yeah. care, like it would yeah. take, I would, I would, well, you I have to be insanely competitive. On, yeah. I could easily pack on 20 LBs like right out of the gate. If that was the case, you know, I mean, if you wanted to just be lazy, it would be very easy to be lazy. I think it'd be easy to put on 20 LBs. If somebody was paying you a hundred million dollars to be in shape. Oh, for sure. For sure. Zion is a good example yeah. of this. I mean, you know, like, like, just, like I don't think it's just necessarily, just, but let's, let's focus on the fitness. I mean, I, I'm with you. All right. Uh, that was, I think that was my second to last one. Where right. are you at? Uh, I got, um, I, I got, so like one of the things that I always look at is that players, um, the fallout of the top 10, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. basically almost, every year, down. Yep. every year, two to four fallout and, and, this year, I think there's obvious contenders for falling out. So if you go to the OWGR, it's jacked up too. Like it's so hard I, to follow now. Well, I just don't think Wyndham and Brian Harmon should necessarily be in the in the top ten. I think Brooks should be in there, and um, and probably Cam Smith, maybe in tenth. I don't know. Oh, after he just trashed him, wow. I know. Yes. Jeez. Maybe, but but anyways, you know who are going to be the guys that fall out, right? And and I think everybody's going to point to like Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark. I don't think Wyndham Clark's going to fall out of the top 10. I kind of think he's going to be one that sticks around. But that means like Fitz, Matty Fitz, Homa, Xander, Cantlay, one of those guys, at least one or more of those guys is falling out. Yep. Probably three or four guys will fall out. So it's like, who's going to fall out? 
Like, I just think it's always a fascinating question. Well, I mean, Rom Rom falls out, right? In theory, I don't think he's going to. He's three. Even with the live stuff, he won't. He's got so many. He's got so many points. Okay. Right. He's he's a over a hundred points ahead of uh, fifth. And he's I, still by the got way, the majors. That, I just want to tell you that that you you could have said a hundred points above. You it could have said five hundred thousand yeah. points above. I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah. Like I don't know what I don't know what any it's like, like a what FedEx Cup point. What do you get? What, what do you get if you win? Like what is what do you get if you win on the OWGR? Do you know? No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so by the I, way, by I mean, the way, like, we, it, golf it, golf it, do you think so Fitz crazy. is going to fall out of the top ten? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to have a good year. I don't know. More cow. So like you, you're big on more cow. He's coming in, right? Yep. Top yep. 10. So it's like he's playing his way in. Um, I don't know. So, all right. My, just can I throw you my last prediction at you? Yeah. All right. You're going to like this one. I think we've spent, how long have we gone here? Hour, An 10. hour and nine, hour and nine minutes. I don't think man, we have, sorry. I, I take that back. We have mentioned his name. A one Tiger Woods. Not sure if you saw much in December on Tiger, Andy. A few counts posted some stuff on social media. Not a lot. I didn't see a lot, but there was a little bit here and there. 2024 President's Cup, Tiger Woods on the team. That's my prediction. Wow. On the team. 2024 President's Cup, Tiger Woods is one of the 12. That's a good, that's a good prediction. I got Scotty Scheffler winning a second major. I don't think we really need to talk about it. I think Which the beard. Can, can you tell me? Can you rank? Give me power ranking one to four on what you think most likely to least likely of, of that prediction. You're saying like how how good I feel about Scotty Scheffler? No, 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 no. Just if, if you said he's going to win a major of the of the four majors, what's the most likely he wins in your opinion? What's the least likely he wins one? Three? Uh, Masters most likely. Yep, he's already done it, and you know. I th- I just think his short game ball striking can get him to a position where if he he can totally putt bad and win right. Yep, I um, think that's I think that's the I think that's the obvious number one. You got to go Masters. Yep. I think it I think it goes Masters, um, U.S. Open, um, PGA, and then Open. Okay, I would have probably flipped Open and PGA there, but similar similar idea, especially with with Pinehurst. I think Scotty will, will have a lot of fun at Pinehurst. Yeah, so those that's how I would I would do it. But I think the beard the beard's here to stay. Do you oh, see no that? Oh no way! Beard? You think he's he's Jimmy Kimmel All Stars? You think he's going with it, huh? I think so. I think he okay. he showed up to whatever hero with the scruff. I think he got good feedback and he's gone all in. Well, I mean, he does. Let's be honest. He he looks way he looks way better. I mean, he looks more handsome. You know what I'm saying? It's not like better. It's just he looks a little bit older, dude. I'll say this in my twenties. When I realized what facial hair did for my face, it was on all the time. Now, in my 40s, it's gray right here, so I'm the other way. Now I'm shaving way more than not. I, uh, you know, I'm not allowed to shave. My wife, like, doesn't let me. Really? Uh, When's yeah, the last time you were totally clean shaven? I had a, I had a mishap with a new um, trimmer. Uh-oh. Hope it wasn't a So I, I had to go. I had to go. No, no. I had to go all the way down. So you don't, but you don't go all the way down ever. You leave it, you leave yeah. it up most of the time. Interesting. All the time, all the time. Like when I trim, it's like two and a half. Okay. See, cause I, w- I remember I asked my wife one time, I said, B- 
beard or no beard, and she said, I do not care. And I was like, all right, well, then there you go. I can, I'll can, i make the decision. She does, doesn't like the stash, but ever, other than that, she's good to go. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Shane, uh, good having you on. Do you want to go back to stretching talk, or are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Any NBA thoughts on the way out? Uh, How about the Thunder? It's, it's, it's been, without a doubt, the most fun regular season NBA that I can remember since I've been an adult. It's it's awesome. It's there's it feels like there's a new it feels like this is kind of the flip. You remember the Lee Westwood, Martin Keimer, Luke Donald run where they were kind of battling with world number one. And it was this weird time in golf. It was like post Tiger and Phil, but before Rory and Spieth. It feels like we have and not to say that the past was bad, but it feels like we're moving into like the Rory Spieth world of the NBA where. This kind of new crop, you know, the Timberwolves, the the Thunder, like this new group are going to be relatively dominant um, over the next, you know, few years. And, and that includes Dallas and obviously what we've seen with Denver. But it feels like it's it's a switch in terms of the old guard and the new guard. I mean, there's so much talent in the NBA. So it's great. just insane. It's so, so easy to turn on every night. It's just the yeah. best. It's a weird NFL year. So with that weird NFL year to have this great NBA on has been chef's kiss. Yeah. All right, Shane. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck with your start to the year. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Friday Golf Podcast. Big thanks to Meg Atkins. She produced and edited this podcast. Jump it back in. You know, it's like riding a bike. Meg, Meg, uh, Meg's back on the pod production while Matt is on vacation. So thanks to Meg uh, for for subbing in here, uh, and she does you know great work with the Fried Egg Pro Shop. So let's plug that. If you didn't get everything you wanted for uh, for the holiday season, check out the Fried Egg Pro Shop. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, prints are always good. Hats, pullovers. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So go to proshop.thefriedag.com and check out what we have there. Thanks, and we'll be back uh, next week with a new episode. I think Garrett's cooking up another Greatest Courses episode. So that should be coming next week as well. I'll be on the pod again next week too. Thanks, guys, and uh, hope everybody gets off to a great start of the year. <laughs>